It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. We have in hand all the vaccines we need to get every American fully vaccinated, including the booster shot. So there's no excuse, no excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. And for patients who still haven't gotten your kids vaccinated, please get them vaccinated. Look out for their interest here. It's the best way to protect them. We, you can still get COVID, but it's highly unlikely, very unlikely that you become seriously ill. And we're seeing COVID-19 cases among vaccinated in workplaces across America, including here at the White House. But if you're vaccinated and boosted, you are highly protected. You know, be concerned about Omicron, but don't be alarmed. But if you're unvaccinated, you have some reason to be alarmed. Many of you will... Uh, you know, uh, uh, you'll experience severe illness in many cases if you get COVID-19, if you're not vaccinated. Some will die, needlessly die. Unvaccinated are taking up hospital beds and crowding emergency rooms and intensive care units. That's displacing other people who need access to those hospitals. So please, please, please get vaccinated now. So uh, we still have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Just to be clear, that's what our president says. Sandy Rios with you this morning, by the way. And um, so he said that to us several times. And Anthony Fauci jumped in and he told MSNBC that vaccines prevent getting infected, prevent getting sick, prevent your hospitalization. Uh, and um, so they, they've told us this clearly, right? But the problem is. Uh, Omicron now, by the way, represents 95% of all new U.S. COVID-19 cases. I'm going to get to that in just a second. But the problem is, this is a study out of Dane. Dane, Dane. <laughs> oh, out of Denmark. Uh, it's a Danish study, and it says Omicron spreads faster than Delta within vaccinated individuals. And it goes into this. It says nearly a study of 12,000 households who has discovered that Omicron spreads faster than Delta among those who are fully vaccinated and even higher between those who have received booster shots. Did you hear that? Even higher between those who have received booster shots, demonstrating strong evidence of the variant's immune evasiveness. Uh, the Omicron variant was found to evade the immunity of vaccinated individuals at a much faster pace compared to Delta and at a higher rate than the unvaccinated, according to the study conducted by researchers at the University of Copenhagen Statistics Denmark and Staten's Serum Institute. And uh, there's, a, uh, there's a story out of uh, Houston. Nearly half uh, of the Omicron cases in the Houston hospital system are among the vaccinated. Okay, I could go on, but those are just two stories just from this morning. And so uh, we are finding, you know, the thing that occurs to me is that... <laughs> 
God has a sense of humor. And I just think he is expressing his sense of humor. Like you think you can control these natural elements. You really think you control the weather, that you can control the temperature of the earth. You could stop tornadoes, hurricanes, viruses. You really think that? Maybe not so much. And so here comes Omicron spreading all over with it's no respecter of persons. And as a matter of fact, uh, Robert Malone was on last night, I think, with his Shannon Bream. Uh, and, I think it was with Shannon. And uh, he was commenting on uh, the uh, the spread of this new variant. Let's talk about Let's listen to what he has to say. Clip five. The thing is with Omicron, it has a reproductive coefficient. Now, that's fancy medical epidemiology talk. But it has a reproductive coefficient, which is a measure of infectiveness that's in the range of measles. It's in the 7 to 10 range. We're all going to get infected. Uh, probably the only ones that won't have um, some degree of symptoms from this in the United States are going to be the ones that have natural immunity. And still a fraction of those are going to get infected. We're all going to get it. We're all going to get it. And the good news is we're all going to have immunity when we get COVID. Omicron is uh, not, even Rochelle Walensky was on, I'm not not sure I'm going to play that clip, but she talked last night, she actually admitted uh, on the late show that Omicron is, the hospitalizations are barely up. Uh, There are not more more deaths. I mean, I don't know how to quantify that, but let me just say basically, I can say with certainty that hardly, there's hardly a statistical ripple in the amount of deaths with this. And as I said before to you, the World Health Organization just 10 days ago said no one had died worldwide, even after all that outbreak in South uh, Africa, that no one had died. Uh, the health minister of South Africa said no one has died here of this particular strain of COVID. This is really a, a blessing. On the other hand, I say this is God's way of, uh, look, I don't know the mind of God. I, I'm speaking just because I know his nature. He does uh, tend to um, have his way. And he's, I think, demonstrating that, you know, you're not, you're not in control. You think you're in control, not so much. Uh, you think you can invent things. Sometimes there are limits to what man can do, and I think that's the demonstration. But also, in his mercy, Omicron is terribly, terribly contagious. And now everyone that had not gotten COVID, it looks like they're going to get COVID, but it's a mild form, and people are not dying from it. And uh, some, many, many people don't even ever show symptoms. And so this, in, this is a godsend. Nevertheless, uh, you know, the powers that be are freaking out uh, because they have to close things up. You know, it's important that uh, we have to run for the hills because, you know, everything that is, has COVID's name on it has a different... It's like we're, my husband and I were talking about how people... It's, it's strange when people say, I have COVID. It's like almost a... <gasps> it's almost like a badge of honor or a... Uh, it, the response in all of us, it's like, do I... When does that happen when we say, I have a cold? <gasps> I have flu. <gasps> no, we, you know, Omicron, um, and, uh, COVID has taken on a status. It's like a badge of honor that you've had COVID and a reverence. Now, look, there was a serious outbreak initially, and people died really bad deaths, but a lot of that was because they were given uh, wrong treatment in hospitals or no treatment at all, put on ventilators, and allowed to die. That's a lot of the suffering here uh, when there were treatments and they refused to give them and they're still refusing to give them. And so that's why a lot of people have suffered. I'm sure COVID left on its own does ravage people. I just wonder, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to know 
what the death count would have been if, uh, for instance, COVID-positive patients had not been forced to go back into nursing homes and to then spread it through the elderly, frail population and kill so many thousands in New York City and in other major major cities and blue states for the most part? Or, or, or what if uh, people had been allowed to have treatments like uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine? What, what if they had been allowed to have, uh, you know, the monoclonal antibodies? What would the death toll have been? I just wonder. Uh, nevertheless, they're forging ahead with this uh, narrative that masks and, you know, all kinds of things that we know are not working. In fact, um, Dr. Fauci is still saying that masks are effective. And so I want you to hear him say that, and I want you to hear Dr. Malone's response to it. This is clip four. Are cotton and surgical masks effective at preventing the spread of Omicron? Yeah. When the CDC says they are effective, in fact, they are. It's a, I mean, it's Tony. Uh, I, what can I say? Tony has no integrity. He lies all the time. And I've, me and my peers have, have been watching this for decades. We just shrug our shoulders and shake our heads and say it's Fauci. Yeah, it's Fauci. He has no integrity. We can we not see that? Uh, he's all over the map. Uh, he does a lot of he has a lot of words, uh, but it's never clear. I always I find that when people are speaking the truth, it's pretty plain. And no matter how complex the issue, you can kind of catch plain truth. When people are trying to cover or they're not sure or they're uh, they want to persuade you to something that isn't true, they have a lot of words and it's very convoluted. And that's a, that's a Anthony Anthony Fauci. Fauci is the epitome of that. So uh, in regard to Omicron right now, it has really overtaken uh, the Delta variant. 95% of all new U.S. cases are the Omicron variant. And so, um, and it's very contagious. As Dr. Malone says, we're all going to get it, but then we're all going to have immunity, which means that you will be spared. God willing, you will be spared uh, the horrendous um, uh, symptoms and uh, the, all the other things uh, that you you don't even, won't even need to go to the hospital for the most part. I'm sure there are some exceptions on it, but for the most part, it's very it's a very light case. And so, be encouraged that um, this Robert Malone says, and I love this, and you'll hear me say this a lot. Fact checked by nature, fact checked by nature. The maskers, the people getting vaccinations and boost boosts, uh, are not spared. They are not. They thought they could prevent this, but they couldn't. Um, and so, okay, so that's that. And I, um, you know, so last night, you know, schools are still wrestling with whether to send people, uh, students back to school. The Chicago Teachers Union just voted last night. I think the vote was 73% of the union members are deciding, have decided that um, they're not going back. In fact, they're not going to go back right now. They're going to do still this virtual learning where kids are going to be on computers at home. But they didn't even know that. Parents didn't in Chicago till late last night. So many of them work. It's, it's horrific, really, it is. And, of course, the Chicago teachers still get paid. Of course they do. Teachers all over the country have still remained on the payroll, as have federal workers. Uh, we've somehow developed, like overnight, this system of non-working Americans who get paid full salary. And so they're happy to oppose any kind of—they want COVID to continue. And they want cope any the fears of it, and the, so that's what's happening in Chicago, and it's really a nightmare uh, for working parents uh, who suddenly last night found out that their children were not going back to school. And it's not just the parents; it's also the kids. You know, the effect on the children, the 
the suicides, the depression, the weight gain, the lack of socialization. It's just a horrific what the adults in this country have put upon their children. And speaking of children, there's a study now out, and this was done by the Centers for Disease Control, the gold standard, of course. Uh, so it must be true or they wouldn't report it. The majority of teenagers, uh, because they wouldn't want to report this, I should finish my sentence, it doesn't follow their party line. The majority of teenagers hospitalized with COVID-19 had severe obesity. Most teenagers hospitalized with COVID-19 across six major hospitals over the summer were severely obese. Of the 713 patients identified as being hospitalized for COVID-19, approximately two-thirds had one or more underlying medical conditions, with obesity being the most common. Among children 12 through 17, 61.4% of the patients were obese. Most of them were described as having severe obesity. Now, that's not anything to be happy about. Uh, it could be some relief if you have children that you, your children are not obese. It is a, it's a warning to those of you who have children who have gotten uh, heavy uh, and you're not guarding their eating habits or what they eat, you're not cooking or you're not, you know, you're just not minding the store when it comes to your children's eating. This is a cautionary tale uh, that they are the ones that are uh, vulnerable to COVID, but healthy children for the most part are not. And so... Uh, these are important things to know. I um, let's see. I want to, a couple of other stories quickly because I think these are important. Uh, the Democrats are struggling on how to move forward with the Build Back Better plan. Thank God they're struggling. Uh, but Joe Manchin now is, of course, out of the box, uh, back in conversations with them. I was going to play a clip for you of him uh, kind of mumbling about uh, his new. <laughs> he's still not in favor, but he's just talking. So why can't he talk? That's basically what he's telling us. Uh, he's also kind of uh, looking, playing footsie with the Democrats on the voter rights bill. That can't be good. Somebody has done something great, and that's Pastor John MacArthur. He has really become my champion. Not only during COVID, remember, he refused to shut his church down. But now he's urging all pastors, uh, the third, um, I think it's the, th- the third Sunday of the new year, to preach about a biblical view of sexual morality. He's pointing to what's happening in Canada right now. And now pastors need to step up to the plate and preach the simple truth, the biblical truth about sexuality. He's asking them to do that on the third Sunday of the new year. That's an article in the Christian Post that I would refer you to. All right, stay tuned. Matt Staver is coming to us next. Sandy Reels in the morning, AFR Talk. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Carlos Del Toro, United States Secretary of the Navy. He's the CEO of the Department of the Navy. Psalm 139, verses 9 and 10, reminds us that God is with us in every corner of the earth and across the great seas. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Carlos del Toro in his work as Secretary of the Navy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Retailers are packing up and leaving San Francisco faster than you can say rice a 17 Walgreens now closed, nearly every Gap store is gone, and CVS is not far behind. The reason is shoplifting. It's become an epidemic in San Francisco, in large part because of a change in the law. Nonviolent thefts are now considered to be misdemeanors if the stolen goods are worth less than $950. When that happened, well, it became open season on local stores. The most recent, a Walgreens, when a guy rode into the store on a bicycle and stole nearly everything on the shelves. City leaders say they are perplexed. They don't know how to fix the problem. Spoken like true liberals, here's what needs to happen. Change the law. Unleash the police. Impose jail time. Hard jail time for shoplifters. Otherwise, folks in San Francisco are going to have to drive to Sacramento to get their prescriptions refilled. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The thing is with Omicron, it has a reproductive coefficient. Now that's fancy medical epidemiology talk. But it has a reproductive coefficient, which is a measure of infectiveness that's in the range of measles. It's in the 7 to 10 range. We're all going to get infected. Uh, probably the only ones that won't have um, some degree of symptoms from this in the United States are going to be the ones that have natural immunity. And still a fraction of those are going to get infected. It's Dr. Robert Malone. I just played that for you, but he's the inventor of the mRNA uh, vaccine. And that's what the COVID vaccine is. It's a, at least two of them are the mRNA. And so he knows what he's talking about. He says, we're all going to get it. The masks don't stop it. Uh, the vaccines don't stop it. The booster doesn't stop it. Lloyd Austin, who's the Secretary of Defense, now has it. He's fully boosted and uh, load, locked and loaded and double mask, and he gets it. And so uh, in spite of that, uh, we see headlines like this that I brought to you yesterday. 206 Marines kicked out for refusing the COVID-19 vaccines. The ridiculousness, this could actually be some sort of a parody or a comedy if it weren't so tragic with people losing their jobs left and right, uh, people, uh, healthcare workers, uh, people in the medical field, people in the, the services. Uh, you've, 
all of you listening to me, you call and you tell me these stories. They are nightmare stories, and you're losing your jobs and your positions for nothing. Uh, but there are people that are fighting for you, and my next guest is one of those. He's well-known to this audience. He's certainly well-known to me for many years. Matt Staver is the founder and chairman of Liberty Council, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Sandy. Good to be with you. It's great to hear your voice, Matt. All right, I want to particularly talk about the Supreme Court hearing uh, the mandates from the Biden administration on Friday. Uh, You know, the last I heard, um, uh, Justice Kavanaugh had ordered the Biden Justice Department to respond to all the appeals from various entities on these mandates. And uh, they were to do that, I think, by uh, the 30th of December. And so tell us what's happening with that and with what SCOTUS is going to do on Friday. Well, SCOTUS has a special session, and it is going to consider four cases involving two separate mandates. Two of the cases involve the OSHA mandate that says employers that have 100 or more employees have to have their employees get the shot or have some kind of testing option. The other one is the healthcare workers mandate that involves those who are participants or receiving Medicaid or Medicare funds, which requires all of these healthcare workers, including assisted living centers, long-term care centers, nursing homes, and so forth, to receive the shot. And there is no testing option. You either receive the shot or you get booted out of the place of employment. So those two are before the United States Supreme Court. Courts below have blocked these at various different levels because they have found that they are beyond the constitutional authority of the executive branch to impose these kinds of emergency orders that, frankly, just bypass the typical process of publishing, waiting for public comment, and then ultimately reviewing the public comments and implementing them. Instead, the Biden administration declared an emergency and publish these, and as soon as you do that, by publishing them in the federal registrar, they become part of the rules and regulations. All of that's under challenge. There's a third mandate, Andy, that's not before the U.S. Supreme Court right now, but it has been blocked for the majority of states. It likely will go to the Supreme Court sometime soon, and that's the mandate from Biden regarding the federal civilian contractors. Anybody who has a federal civilian contract, an employee or employer, has to also get the COVID shots as well. That one's working its way up through the system. Over half of the states have injunctions blocking it. Less than half don't have injunctions yet. So one of these cases will go to the Supreme Court. But the case on Friday is a big deal. And if you look at OSHA, just as an example, OSHA since the 1970s up to 1983 has issued nine so-called emergency standards through their time frame. Six of those have been challenged in federal court. Of those six, five have been struck down as unconstitutional. So OSHA does not have a good record before it. And I think OSHA and uh, the other one on health care is, I think, the Supreme Court's going to strike them down. You know, I, I would like to, I hope that's true. And I was certainly encouraged that Kavanaugh um, made a demand of the Biden um, Justice Department to respond to to the challenges. But the Supreme Court has shown such, uh, so far, a terrible track record 
on hearing these cases. Uh, like I remember, you yeah. know, Amy Coney Barrett refused to hear a case. I think it was out of Notre Dame. I think it was Notre Dame. It was Indiana anyway uh, on healthcare workers. And there, there were a couple others like that where they just didn't, they didn't want to weigh in. So what well, gives the you. Big co- one what, was, yeah, I agree with you. That there are two big cases that the Supreme Court should have heard. Uh, one of them was our case out of Maine. And the other one was another case. We have a case in New York, but it wasn't our case, but we filed an amicus brief on it. Both of them are very similar. Both of them involve governors of those states that issued an executive order requiring all healthcare workers to get the COVID shot. But worse than that, told in the executive orders the employers that they could not even accept or entertain religious exemption requests. And if they did, that they would ultimately lose their business license. So both of these states essentially said, ignore the federal law, Title VII, and even ignore the First Amendment for those public health care workers and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which applies to those public workers. Ignore that. We're an island ourselves. And if you follow the federal law that requires that you consider these religious exemptions, you will lose your license to do business. That is a very serious situation. There were three justices that said this is clearly something that should be heard. Two other justices acknowledged that we actually met the standard to get an emergency injunction, and that's Barrett and Kavanaugh. But unfortunately, Barrett and Kavanaugh did what you said. They punted, and they said, well, no, let's just wait for the normal process to play itself out with the petition for cert and all that. It takes months. And in fact, it could take over a year. In the meantime, the damage has been done. And once exactly. that happens, you can't unring the bell. No, I, I'm just heart. I, I am heart sick. I know you are too, Matt. I we get calls and uh, email from uh, people in the military, uh, people working, all people across the spectrum who are having to make heartrending decisions. We have one uh, one listener who's uh, can't has been taken off the uh, kidney transplant list at Vanderbilt because she's not vaccinated. Yeah. These are these are. It's really kind of um, repulsive to me that the nine members of the Supreme Court are really truly in an ivory tower in D.C., which, as you and I both know, is a world set apart. Uh, and the people that they are sworn really to the Constitution, they are sworn to uphold, is not being enforced, and they are allowing people to suffer. And that bothers me. I just can't understand how they justify that in their own minds. But let me ask you something just plain and simple. There is so much new information. You know, I spent the opening of the show talking about how the Omicron variant is uh, so contagious that masks make no difference and it's affecting vaccinated, uh, especially vaccinated and especially people that have had the booster. Uh, There are stats now about that. So when you go before a court, are you not allowed to talk about there's new information here? This is like a worthless endeavor. It is not, it's not helping to force people to have vaccinations that are not preventing them from getting this, uh, this, um, this COVID. Can you use those arguments? Yes, indeed we can. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of judges just repeat the same old parody that we're in a national you know, pandemic crisis and so forth, and they just repeat the CDC nonsense. Uh, But many of them do listen, and we will present that. For example, we have on this coming Friday, we will be getting by court order the detailed report from all the branches of the military regarding their religious exemption status. And I can tell you what, it's not going to look good for the Department of Defense and the military because 
they've denied every single one, including through the appeal process. And um, now the only thing left for many of these people is discipline. We actually, over the holidays, heard of one uh, member of the military committing suicide because of the pressure, didn't want to get the COVID shots, but was facing the severe discipline and just ended his life. And we predicted that that was going to happen. But, you know, what the military says is, well, you need to have this for military readiness. Well, that's just nonsense because you've got Lloyd Austin. He's got the two shots. Now he's got the booster. Now he's got Omicron. You have a Navy ship that was recently uh, put on dry dock, if you will. I mean, they were having to go back to the port. Why? Because they had an outbreak of COVID. And yet on that Navy ship, by Navy command, 100% of the people have received the COVID shots. In fact, if you don't receive the COVID shots, for example, in the military, if you don't receive the COVID shots and you're given a religious exemption, you're going to be disciplined. And even, listen to this, even if you got your religious exemption accepted in the Navy, and this is true for many of the other branches, even if it was accepted, and none of them have that, but even if it was, you're still considered medically disqualified, which means you can't deploy, you can't get promotions, you can't get advancement. You're essentially being processed out of the system. So they do have some very small number of medical exemptions, zero religious exemptions. But even if you get a religious exemption, it doesn't do you any good, yet at the same time they're not giving any. So this whole idea that they've got to vaccinate everybody in order to have you know, safety is just nonsense. Take, for example, United Airlines. United Airlines was the first airline, even before the Biden mandate, to issue this mandate on its employees. We have been working with thousands of United and other airline employees. And United boasted, well, you know, you have to get it or you're going to be terminated or put on permanent leave. And by the way, United said, you know, we've got 95, 96% of our people vaxxed anyway. Well, you know, United had to cancel flights. And this is before Omicron breakout. Why? Because when they continued to enforce this on them, they had people not show up. But now that Omicron has broken out, they've had to cancel thousands of flights. But, you know, I thought the vaccine was supposed to be effective and prevent all that. No, <laughs> that's the narrative. The reality is that's not true. In fact, if you look at Germany, I think it's 95 percent of those who have Omicron in Germany have received all the shots. So it's not effective, and we know it's also not safe. No, it's not effective. I mean, I talk about this every day, Matt. Uh, I, I I just am so disgusted. I really am. And I, I just uh, did a show that's going to air on Friday about what's happening all over the globe in regard to this. And the theme, of course, is that it's the unvaccinated who are to blame, and all the fury is going to the unvaccinated, completely untethered from reality. Uh, but there's punishment. Right. I, in, in fact, in Austria right now, they are fining people thousands and thousands, the equivalent yeah. of thousands, thousands of dollars if they don't get the shot. So, but let's come back to, let's come back to what you, this particular suit that you have filed um, that I've talked about without you on the air. And that's, uh, you have military plaintiffs like a two Navy SEALs, a Navy EOD officer, Navy senior chief petty officer, a chaplain, two Marine lieutenant colonels. Two Marine Lance Corporals, an Air Force Major, Air Force Technical Sergeant, Army National Guardsman, Army Colonel, and a Coast Guard Lieutenant. Uh, And uh, it's a class action suit. 
um, against the Secretary of Defense and uh, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, et cetera. Uh, and so what's the status of that, and will that be discussed at all on Friday? I'm guessing not, based on what you said. No, it won't be discussed on Friday, but Friday just happens to be the day where the court has ordered the Department of Justice to begin every two weeks reporting detailed information about their religious exemption status. The first report that they were ordered to uh, provide was November 12th. In that report, it showed that they had over 16,000 religious exemption requests. Zero were granted. One was already denied at the appeal level. It's going to be much, much worse when they report on Friday because they'll have more denials, including more at the appeal level, meaning that the only thing left is processing them out and discipline. So we go back to court next week on that particular case. We're actually, Sandy, adding some additional plaintiffs in that case, and we'll actually be filing an amended complaint today or no later than tomorrow in this case. And what that will do is add some additional members of the military that have already been denied and that already are being in the process of processing out. And it is horrible what they're doing to these people. So we'll go back to court. Uh, I believe we'll get an injunction at this point in time. The judge should have given us an injunction in November when we were there because there was enough information. But I think he wanted to be a little cautious because it is the military and he wanted to give the military a chance. I said back then, the military had one of two things they could do. One, start granting these exemptions and uh, thwart our injunction, or two, dig their heels in and just continue the same path. They've chosen option number two, and that's not going to bode very well for them before this particular judge. So I think we'll get an injunction across the board for all the men and women in the military. And we represent some incredible people. Uh, one of these guys that we represent, you know, he'll be one of our additional new plaintiffs. Uh, he was in uh, high school junior when 9-11 happened. He was very moved when he saw all that happening on the TV, and that led him to go into the military, and he joined as soon as he could. And he's been fighting for our country for about 20 years, and now, because he's fought to defend our Constitution, military under Biden doesn't want to defend the Constitution for these people, wants to pretend it doesn't exist, and force them to get these shots and push them out. And so he's one of our plaintiffs. But here's what they're doing to them, Sandy. They're telling them that um, you will have to pay back your educational benefits, four years of college or maybe two years of a master's degree, whatever you got. You'll have to pay back your cost of training for a pilot. We represent some fighter pilots. For a pilot, that can be 5 to $12 million. And you'll lose your VA benefits, your GL benefits, all the different benefits. They're gone. You'll be stripped of your honors, of your rank, of your salary, of your pension, everything, and you'll be discharged uh, from the military. And that is a shameful thing that comes on their record, especially when they try to get, you know, private employment. It's infuriating. It's infuriating, Matt. It's infuriating. And I, you know, Lloyd Austin made a statement after he, you know, he has COVID. He's got symptomatic COVID, Mister. Fully yeah, vaxxed no. and boosted and double mask, uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, restating the ridiculous notion that vaccines work and the military will yeah. retain this policy. I know. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, it's absolute insanity. You take a look at Israel. Israel, you know, I have lost respect. I, I really love Israel. And we've taken so many trips to Israel. I'm sad that we can't go back because of the policies. But the leadership there is just blind. They have, they're one of the most vaccinated nations in, on the planet. 
Uh, and now they're rolling out the fourth booster because they have this outbreak of Omicron. So boost, you know, shot number one and shot number two didn't work. Shot number three hasn't worked. Now they're going to go with shot number four. And they just say, well, everyone needs to get the shot, just like Lloyd Austin. They, they repeat this mantra. Lloyd Austin says, I'm glad I'm vaccinated, and we're going to continue it. Well, you know what? You're living proof that it doesn't work. Absolutely. Not only that it doesn't work, we have many instances, and the military knows this, where it's causing deadly harm and, and conditions to men and women in the military and across the country. There is a study by military doctors published in June 2021 showing the increase of myocarditis and pericarditis in members, particularly males, of the military after they had received these shots. They know that it's damaging for men and women in the military. But I think what they want to do is purge people of faith and people of moral convictions out of the military. Let me ask you, before we run out of time, let me let me distill this for a second, because so many people are listening who are in the crosshairs of this, a lot of military. So you think, of course you don't know, but you think you might get an injunction next week on this that would cover all military members. Does that mean, if you got that injunction, that all those who have been kicked out, like the Marines I just read about in that headline, will they be reinstated? What What would that actually do to people, practically speaking? Well, we may not get the injunction next week, but I think we'll get it this month. We'll be in court next week, but I think it will happen this month. And yes, I think what we will do for those people that have been disciplined or kicked out is uh, demand that they get reinstated, full pay, back pay, same rank with no repercussions. Because obviously at the end of the day, what the military has done and is doing is unlawful under the First Amendment and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. It's an unlawful order that cannot be enforced. And I think that's going to be very clear. So people that are facing this, including those that you mentioned, because we're dealing with these people, too, that are being removed from organ transplant list. If you know of anybody, you are somebody, you can go to lc.org forward slash exempt, lc.org forward slash exempt. We're working with tens of thousands of people around the country on these very issues. Okay, that's, I'm glad you said that because I was I wanted to give your website. So lc.org slash Exempt. Now, um, a couple of things quickly, because we just have two minutes. Um, there are two reasons. It's the, not only the, the religious, uh, religious Freedom Restoration Act that is, a, you know, a law passed by Congress and signed by a president that they're breaching, but also it's that whole thing about the uh, vaccines cannot be uh, mandated unless they are um, actually approved through the process. And without belaboring this, Matt, we both know that this particular vaccine, it's not true that it has been gone through the paces. The FDA released it. It was was ingenuine. It was not, uh, it's not been approved. So so those are two. And even with that, you know, go ahead. No, no, you do, because you got the last, say, 45 seconds. Even even with that, uh, Sandy, you know, the the only one that's been, quote, FDA approved is Cominardi's, you know, BioNTech's Cominardi, but it's not available. So there's no COVID shot available that has FDA approval, meaning that you have the right to refuse these shots. Exactly. Everywhere, all the time. Uh, but we have to fight just to, to get the basic rights. This is a crazy time where law doesn't matter. Uh, people are feckless in Congress, and they're feckless in the Supreme Court as well. Uh, but you can go to lc.org slash exempt if you are having one of these very many problems we're talking about. Matt Staver, your champion, 
and I, I'm honored to be your friend, and I appreciate you joining us this morning. Go forth, and we'll be looking forward to seeing what happens next week. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. In honor of the grand opening of the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation on February 1st, AFA will re-release The God Who Speaks on our new streaming platform and in a special limited edition DVD set. The God Who Speaks, tracing evidence for the Bible's inspiration and authority, was originally released in 2018. This special set includes features like two hours of new footage and a Sunday school curriculum. Learn more at thegodwhospeaks.org. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Many who oppose Christianity target their hostility on our foundation, the Bible. They say it's unreliable because Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are contradictory accounts of the creation story. In actuality, the two chapters are complementary and not contradictory. When Jesus was asked about marriage, he quoted from both chapters 1 and 2 in saying that he made them both to be male and female in the beginning. And for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. Genesis 1 is an overview of the creation story. Genesis 2 is an up-close examination of day 6. If Jesus relies on them both, so can we. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In this season of giving, you can be the answer to their prayer today. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and since Labor Day, we've been working toward a goal of putting God's Word into the hands and hearts of 16,000 Bibleist believers around the world. Here's a few that are praying for a Bible. Ahmed is a former Muslim beaten by extremists when he came to faith in Christ. He's praying for a Bible. Miriam is a widowed mother of three in Mozambique, Africa. Very sadly, her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime, but she's praying for a Bible. Carla was a follower of pagan practices in Venezuela. He's praying for a Bible now as a Christ follower. And then Washi and her husband are livestock farmers in China. They want to raise their children to know and love Jesus. They're praying for a Bible. Listen, to date, you've put 10,000 Bibles into the hands of Bibleist believers. We'd love to see another 6,000 by the end of the year. So please, at $5 a Bible, would you make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. President James Monroe declared that external powers colonization of the Western Hemisphere would be regarded as a hostile act against this country. Yet today, the Chinese Communist Party, Russia and Iran are working with impunity to transform all of Latin America into a no-go zone for the United States and for freedom. Unfortunately, Joe Biden is uninterested in the Monroe Doctrine, and with the communist takeovers of Peru and Chile last year, the stage is set for the region's last two important free nations, Colombia and Brazil, to undergo the radical left's 
fundamental transformation. As former Peruvian Vice President Francisco Tudela warns in a powerful new white paper, that will mean trouble for us, too, with intensified drug trafficking, destabilization of the hemisphere, and intensified migration here of millions more illegal aliens. Learn how we can prevent such a disaster at securefreedom.org. This is Frank Afney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Well, as you know, tomorrow is the year anniversary of January the 6th. And uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, President Biden and Kamala Harris all have, you know, wonderful plans for the day. It's going to be infuriating, so just be prepared to be infuriated. I want to give you some practical information. So if you've got a pencil and paper, uh, there is a, a new entity that I am very familiar with. I've never talked to you about it, but it's called Align Act, A-L-I-G-N-Act.com. I would like to ask you to consider going there and signing a petition and uh, joining this campaign to get our congresspeople to step up to the plate in defending the J6 prisoners. It says this, the treatment of the prisoners from the events on January the 6th are something out of a totalitarian regime. Several January 6th prisoners were held behind bars for months without ever being charged with a crime and some without ever seeing evidence for or against them. Some have already accepted plea deals despite not having access to all the evidence involving their cases. There also have been reports of heinous mental and physical abuses against these prisoners at the D.C. Central Detention Facility. It is absolutely horrific that any American is treated like this. House and Senate leadership and the Judiciary Committee need to take action to demand oversight of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And it, ta- it goes on and on, but that's that's the gist of the statement. I can promise you that the people that operate this particular website are trustworthy. They're our kind of people. Uh, you can trust your information to them. It's alignact.com. And I'm asking that you go and join me in calling to account our congressmen, who are basically almost all of them are doing nothing. There are a handful that are, but uh, that's it. And it's a demand federal oversight for J6 prisoner treatment. Also tomorrow are a series of rallies that are being put together by our friend Matt Brainerd, who's the executive director of Look Ahead America, and he joins us now. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good morning, Sandy. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. And so you are organizing a set of like, now it looks like almost 20 vigils around the country. Can you just tell us, in general, what that's going to be about? Sure. Uh, it's actually, we, we now total 21 candlelight vigils around the country at sundown, at approximately when sundown occurs in each of the time zones around the country. We've got them from coast to coast, uh, from South Carolina to Florida to uh, Pennsylvania, all the way out to Hawaii. So the purpose of these vigils is to continue to uh, educate the public so that they can put political pressure on our leaders. Because as outsiders, that's really all we can do as a, a nonprofit organization that's out there to educate people about the uh, grave injustices that have been suffered by so many of our brothers and sisters for exercising their First Amendment rights. And uh, that's, you know, that's really our mission, is to educate people about this injustice so that they in turn put pressure on political leaders. And already we're seeing this show up in public opinion polls. Increasingly, people agree with us. Yes, and that's true. We've seen it come up in in, yeah. in congressional campaigns where people are, are talk where candidates are talking about this issue directly, and that's really that's where we have you know that's where the only place we can really make a difference because you and I as private citizens we can't walk into a courtroom and tell the judge to knock it off to let these people go or tell the Department of Justice to back off. Where in fact you 
probably recall the anti-apartheid movement of the 1980s that was done solely through campaigns like this vigil to put public pressure on an issue, whether you agree with it or not. It was successful, and it was a successful tactic, and we're replicating that now. Yeah, let me just tell people, practically speaking, if you go to lookaheadamerica.org, and then, of course, uh, I think, can they find this without knowing the rest of this? Like, it's slash DC Vigil uh, Or just slash Vigil. Lookaheadamerica.org slash Vigil. Okay. It has everything you need to know to participate in a vigil tomorrow night. Um, it's mostly, most of these vigils will be silent or will be singing hymns or praying. Um, but I think the visual statement of these candlelight visuals is uh, something that will have a real impact in persuading people and, and, and encouraging people to find out, to learn more about what, what's happening here and to change people's minds and hearts. And let, uh, there's one vigil I want to center on a little bit because it's the one uh, that's at the detention facility, uh, Matt. And I think, uh, you know, this is the one, if, if there's going to be any press, it will be at this one. And that, for those of you in Virginia and around the D.C. area who are listening, uh, you would go to um, Tyson's Corner Walmart in Northern Virginia at 5 o'clock. And, uh, That's correct. Your... We have a bus, but... and we'll take people to the prison. Or if you want, you can meet us at the prison at 6 o'clock or so uh, in uh, northeast D.C. But we want to keep people safe, give them a safe place to park. So we'll be leaving from the Walmart at, in Tyson's Corner at 5 o'clock sharp. And again, you can find more about that and RSVP a spot on the bus at lookheadamerica.org slash vigil. Okay. Yeah, I guess you you sort of need to check people out, don't you, Matt? But it's uh, they, there's vigils all over, but Washington, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Montana, North Carolina, South Carolina, and certainly in Texas. In fact, let me mention, I don't know if this is one of your vigils or not, Matt. It could be, but this is one in Dallas, uh, uh, Marie Goodwin, who's a listener, whose son Daniel is still incarcerated He's an, uh, under house arrest uh, from being there on January the 6th, sent this to me. It's at the Federal Building in Dallas tomorrow night from 6.30 to 8.30. It's um, Let Our Patriots Out, Join Us for a Peaceful Candlelight Vigil. Uh, yeah, I think it – well, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. They have hashtag Look Ahead America, so it's one of yours, Matt. Um, <laughs> yep. And the this, this speaker is Philip Anderson. Philip is that a black activist from California that you – my listeners have heard me talk about. He's the one who – Really laid it on the line. He organized a, a pro-Trump rally uh, in uh, Los Angeles area and was beaten by Antifa. Tifa had both of his teeth knocked out. Uh, and then he was there on January 6th uh, next to Roseanne Boylan when she was she died from, it looks as though she was injured by being trampled and also beaten by police. We have actually video of that, of a black Capitol policeman beating her. It's just, it's shocking. So Philip will be there to speak, and that's in Dallas at the Federal Building uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow night at 6.30. So as those of you down in Texas, and I know there are tons of you uh, who listen to this who are in Texas. Oh, also, let me just say PatriotMailProject.com. PatriotMailProject.com is a place where you can go and get updates on the prisoners. Uh, uh, that You know, you can get their names and find out what their status is. And so that's PatriotMailProject.com. Matt, so much to say. I also, sorry, I want to say also tomorrow I'm doing a special show. We'll be having Joseph McBride, who is the attorney representing so many of the incarcerated uh, uh, people in the D.C. jail and around the country. And so that it'll be a fascinating show. Matt, what have I left out? <laughs> Please, what have I left out here? Oh, nothing. Just look, 
This is community organizing at its finest, and this is one of the many projects Look Ahead America has taken the lead on. So, if, look, all of this starts in your communities, and all of the, the losses that we've suffered, whether election integrity, January 6th, CRT, etc., are because the other side does a very good job of community organizing, and we do not. So please sign up to learn more about how you can engage in community organizing in your community at lookaheadamerica.org. Please sign up to volunteer, and we will put you to work. Matt, in general, uh, and we have just two minutes left, in general, what is the update uh, about the prisoners in the D.C. jail and all those so those incarcerated around the country? Can you just give us an update in general? Yeah, the, and fortunately, the federal government has realized that putting all these people together in the same prison has allowed them to fortify each other's spirit. They've built a community, and to break that up, because this resolve makes them less likely to take really bad plea agreements, they've been shipping people out of the D.C. gulag to federal prisons around the country. There are still a few dozen left, though, however, at the prison, and we hope to lift their spirits with our presence and our, our vigil that I will, I will personally be at uh, tomorrow night. So uh, the, the federal government is really doing everything they can to punish these individuals as much as possible, despite the fact they've not been convicted of anything. So I would encourage everybody to you know, participate in that mail product, sending them letters to pray for them, but also to participate in actions like these vigils. Yep. Okay, so let me tell you one more time. It's lookaheadamerica.org slash vigil. Lookaheadamerica.org slash vigil. If you're near D.C., it'll be a great trip, boy, to take that bus and go into the jail and, and sing and pray so that they can least know that you're there caring for them and around the country the same thing plus if you go to alignact.com you can sign the petition you can also send email all kinds of correspondence to congressmen and women who have been silent on this issue that's alignact.com i think we're done (laughs) matt brainerd thank you i really appreciate your input i appreciate everything you're doing so god bless you and stay safe okay and i mean that i'm not talking about covid i'm talking about the powers that be in the dc jail So thanks for joining us, Matt, and we'll talk to you soon. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.